This podcast is part of the Christian Geek Central Network at ChristianGeekCentral.com. Hello, and welcome to the Theology Gaming Podcast. My name is Zachary Oliver, the owner and proprietor of the Theology Gaming Blog, and with me today are two special guests. One of them begins with a J or an M, depending on who you're asking, and the other with a B. My name is M. Joshua Caller. And I am Brian Hall. Yeah. And together, we form the judging team for Theology Gaming's Best in Show Awards, or as we like to call it, TG's BS. Yeah. There's no oh. subtle me- reference there, just so you know. <laughs> Don't look for it. Yeah, so I'm going to steal the show away from Zach now and uh, become the host of this episode. Bye, Zach. Okay, you're just No. Um, <laughs> no. <laughs> so, um, okay, so for today, um, the, the end of the year means two things for uh, in the video game world. It means, number one, we're lo- hoping that we get Christmas presents that involve video games, and it also means that we are... Uh, having if you if you write or are in the video game journalism scene, you are expected to come up with your very very best of the year and and, and have some kind of year end list because this is this is actually a, a, a traffic thing. I, I used to think that it was like something more than that, but it really just comes down to site traffic. I remember last year I came up with a list of. Uh, uh, all my best recommendations for theology gaming, and I I t- put our steel seal of approval on it because Zachary uh, let me push him over on it, and uh, <laughs> yeah, I remember and, that and, list. And, and we said it was we said it was a very ecumenical thought out process, and it was really just me coming up with with all sorts of uh, best in show <laughs> uh, BS. <laughs> um, and honestly, like it, I, I think it was probably the most successful thing that uh, that I I contributed to to the theology gaming uh, blog last year and so i think that uh for this year it's probably best to um approach that as a group um but before we do that um i just wanted to quick ask uh since it is the year end of the year and it is around christmas time bring a little theology into the discussion um what has been your in in like one or two minutes what is your actually just keep it to one minute if you can what is your history with christmas zach go uh, my history of Christmas is that we celebrate it in as many sheerly gaudy ways as possible. Just about every single Christmas tradition is just kind of compacted into a yeah. single month, and we just shove it all in. As soon as Thanksgiving's over, Christmas tree goes up. But not this year because of uh, power outages, but usually that's the way it goes. But it's, still, then, it's, it's all up now, right? Yeah, and then there's Christmas trees, and then there's Christmas music on 24 hours a day, and just about any kind of Christmas thing you'd imagine in American culture, we do it. <laughs> so you're saying your house is like a Christmas Guantanamo, huh? Yeah, kind of like that. Kind of like have, do you have Santa, Santa, or did you did you do Santa growing up, or was your parent were your parents like, all right, we want you to actually not be be dumb, and uh, we're not going to lie to you and tell you that? Well, how did they approach that? I think they did it until I was five. And then I think when I was five, I asked my parents and I said, is Santa Claus real? And, you know, that discussion yeah, yeah. happens. And Yeah. Yeah. I didn't lose my trust in my parents, though, so I don't know what happened. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I was I – was, uh, I remember I very specifically remember it in kindergarten. Um, my friend Daniel stood up at lunchtime and said, hey, guys, I, I was searching around my house and I found presents in my parents' room. And I have to tell you that, that Santa isn't real. <laughs> and and all, all of our kindergarten was like, what? Why did so, you do that? You were horrible. <laughs> no, 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 no. Daniel did this, and so I I took that and I was like, 
I got to go find this out. So I went into my parents' bedroom and I rooted around until I found all the presents. And I was, and then I went up to my mom and dad and said, why did you lie to me? <laughs> That's not a good way to find out. Wow. Did you interrogate him afterwards or what? You're like, um, I, I, I took a vengeful approach. It was a, uh, a story of vengeance. I'm sure it would have been the, uh, the Quentin Tarantino's approach to uh, sixth grade or, or uh, six year old Christmas. Um, I, I took, I took a, a vengeful route by bringing my sister into it. It was much younger than me at the time, I guess. She was only like two or something like that. So she, she didn't even have her internal processing figured out yet. And so I showed her the pile of presents and said, mom and dad lied. And then my mom, my mom, my mom, my mom and dad were like, Josh, why'd you do that? I'm like, this is what you get. <laughs> <laughs> Lawyer. So and then you, the, then Josh points. Yeah, no. Liar. And so for me growing up, like, Christmas was this weirdly, like, uh, antagonistic thing for me for a long time. Like, I didn't really even want to celebrate it for a long time. But since my mom loves it so much, um, and it pro- would probably fit in really well with Zach's family. I, I uh, It took me a long time to come back around, and I was like, I, when my wife asked uh, if we were going to put up a Christmas tree, I, I took this, like, really, really, like, when we first got married, I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> wow. And and so I've been very slowly uh, one back to the light side. Um, You're kind of like the Grinch, except you uh, have a lovable hipster face. <laughs> uh, actually, if you see pictures of me as a baby, I look just like the baby Grinch. <laughs> <laughs> you mean from the movie, the Ron Howard movie? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> a face only a mother can love. Wow. I mean, my, 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 fa- my face was my face, but like everything else about me looked like baby Grinch. Like my hair, everything. Except for it wasn't green. Anyway, so Brian, what was Christmas like for you growing up? And, and what's, it, what's it become now? Christmas was all about presents. It was all, it was all about how much I could get. My family, we actually had three Christmases. We'd, go to, we'd have Christmas with just my family, and then we'd go to my mom's family, and then we'd go to my dad's. And so it was just all about junk. It was all about stuff, and it was all about how much stuff I could get. And so actually I learned how much people spent on me. And so I would uh, create these Christmas lists where I would get everything. I would maximize it. Christmas was a <laughs> science for me. It was it was really messed up. I'll tell you, it's kind of messed me up as far as contentment later on in life. Yeah, because yeah. that doesn't continue once past a certain age. And yeah. so it's been, for me, it's been trying to figure out how to um, having a family of my own now, trying to figure out how Christmas works. Um, growing up, we did Santa Claus. I don't do Santa Claus now. Yeah. I'll tell you what, what ends up happening is, as a parent, you're giving your kid a gift. Well, you're giving some imaginary stupid person a uh, all the credit for the gift that you're giving. <laughs> my well, pastor forget. just said this the other day. <laughs> forget that. So I look at my kid and I'm like, here, this is what I'm giving you. No imaginary characters coming in. And the reason we chose not to do Santa as a family is because I've seen people go through major theological issues with it because Santa's almost like Jesus. And if you watch the Polar Express, you'll learn that he truly is. Um, <laughs> yeah. I call that movie, it's, it's all about the deification of Santa. Yeah, um, yeah. Sinterklaas. Yeah. But I don't have a problem with Santa or anything like that. But no, I mean, so for me, it's it's always been about gifts. And so now it's trying to uh, deprogram myself from that. And that's kind of where I am with Christmas now. Christmas is cool, but I don't hate it. And I haven't destroyed it for any of my siblings, unlike other people. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, I... I, I um, the 
<laughs> my, my sister was at the young impressionable, impressionable age that, you know, whatever a brother says doesn't necessarily subvert what mom and dad say. And she was you ruined it. You ruined uh, it she, for her. I, I did a little bit. Um, <laughs> it sounded like a Jack Bauer terrorism thing. You're like, they did it. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. And, and, and for me personally, like now, like it's, it's still like, I don't have any kids and I, um, I don't have a, it's, it's weird because of, uh, the, the absence of, of, uh, family members and things like that means that, um, Christmas is the sadder time than, than it would have been otherwise. My wife used to, when she was a kid, she was the only kid in a family, like extended family. So like she would have like her parents' Christmas where they gave her like a, a pile and then she'd have like her, her, uh, her aunts and her, and her grandparents' Christmas where she'd also get a pile and like, I can't keep up with that. <laughs> Yes, yes, you can. <laughs> Piles. We don't, have, we don't have a budget for that, you know. Like, you, you, well, you can only you pay. Should. Maybe I don't know. It's all about the gifts, Josh. It's not about Jesus or anything like yeah, that. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not, not about, about Advent. Gifts. Yeah, but it's Jesus was a gift. He was a gift. Yes, but see, the thing—the thing that I found out is that, like, the I've, I've, Christmas as a, as a holiday has had to be redeemed for me on a lot of levels because I was I was in that like. Christmas is just a replacement for Saturnalia, blah, 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 you know, kind of thing. And I've, I've had to come to a point where um, I've realized that there is actual, like, meaningful reconciliation of the holiday. Um, and so much of Advent from a traditional standpoint was actually eschatological. So it was about, like, the returning of Jesus, not about uh, we're looking forward to a baby, um, but it was about looking forward Yay. to his reconciliation of all things. And I think that that is, that's actually redeemed the holiday more for me than, than anything else. Um, how about you guys? Have you ever thought about like the actual theology of Christmas in particular? Yeah, we just did a podcast on it. Oh, me and Michael okay. Jones, we were kind of like going through the entire theological start of Christmas. And it just, it just hasn't published at our, at our recording now. No, as of the time of our recording, it hasn't been published, but, on, on a scale of one to ten, how boring was that? Actually, it's pretty fascinating. It was fascinating. Well, okay. Christmas is like this giant. Is basically Christmas is this unstoppable holiday celebration that absorbs everything else in its wake. Unstoppable. Yeah. It's like a giant Katamari Damasi of um, avalanche. Yeah, of yeah. just it just sucks everything up, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it all yeah. kind of gets rolled into <laughs> the revival of Christmas in the eighteen forties. Whenever um, a Christmas Carol comes out, which is when it becomes popular in the United States and Britain and such and such, and so yeah. Christmas becomes this holiday of humanitarian goodwill and uh, you know joyful mirth, that kind of thing. Which yeah. it technically hasn't for most of its history, but that's yeah. kind of where we are now. Yeah. So uh, basically, traditions of various uh, pagan rituals and festivals and other holidays at different nations. And then suddenly it's all Christmas. So, yeah. <laughs> but the, but in, in terms of me knowing this and also celebrating Christmas, it's more about what I think Christmas is about and not necessarily what it's history might imply. Yeah. So taking up that, that personal responsibility. That's yeah, good. which is more like, you know, Jesus Christ is born. That's the whole point of yeah. the holiday for me. All this rest yeah. of this stuff is just additional forceful celebration of it, all yeah. towards the one goal. So Yeah, cool. <laughs> all right, well, um, I think that that's that, – uh, since you have like an actual other podcast about that, we won't spend any more time on that. Yeah, don't, so, don't, we don't want to go yeah, too far. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, 
good, good, good. So, uh, so back to uh, what this podcast is really about: the uh, the most ridiculous and most amazing uh, best of awards. Yeah, um, show. <laughs> the TGBS. So, um, for to, the, the the way that I think that we're going to be going about this is since everyone else has a very highly regimented process of a um, uh, panel and. We're going to talk about only games that you can only really vote on games that you've played and really, really thought out and get all your review staff in the, in the room. Um, we're going to th- throw all that out the door and say this is just going to be uh, a, a crap show. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just stop listening now and then come back at the end. No, no, no. You're going to love this because if you find those <laughs> lists to be a complete waste of time, I think that this will be um, a redemptive thing for, for a lot of people. So. Um, Zach, I'm just going to start with you, and we're going to pick a game that you've played, and I'm going to we're going to rotate through before because um, I, I have a feeling that I'm just going to take up a lot of this because I've played. Um, this is I hate this sounds boastful, but I've probably played the most games here. Probably, um, but I I, and I don't I don't want to steal, steal all the show on that. So we'll just rotate through until uh, we 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 end at a, a spot. So Zach, um, what's the first game that First game that comes to mind that you played this year? Okay, I'll pick the earliest one that I that came out this year that I that I can think of, which is Strider. Strider, yeah, yeah. So, so uh, Brian, did you play Strider? No, oh, no why okay. not? It's okay. So, and Zach, you played, <laughs> you played the whole way through Strider on the the hardest difficulty, or no, just messing around normal. But oh, really? Well, you I okay? you know I like to play it the way I think the game is supposed to be played the first time through. Okay. And then if the game seems worth it to me, then I'll go in the next difficulty. So uh, I know it's pretty as, short, so it's not a big deal. Yeah. So now since Strider is a game about nostalgia, is, is a, a reboot of a game that originally came out on NES and arcades, um, the, what, what kind of what kind of uh, award do we, do you think that this? Well, actually, I guess you should describe a little bit more of it for our listeners who don't know what it is. Uh, Strider was a Capcom arcade game which came out in 1987 or 89. I can't remember. I'm just going to go Google it. Okay. And <laughs> because that's life. Well, we actually, just, just keep running with it. Just don't, don't worry about when it came out. Just just feel free. To yeah, I think it came out in 1989. It was one of Capcom's big hits that came before Street Fighter Two. And it was also, for a lot of people, one of the main selling points of the Genesis because the port to the Genesis was spectacularly great. Yeah. Which kind of established Genesis as an arcade system and not so much a home console. The NES version was a a little bit of a mess because I remember I played that that thing for like hours and hours and I literally couldn't figure out what to do after the first level. Yeah, and I think there was like a clone game called like Run Saber. (laughs) <laughs> for the Super NES, and it so, was it was actually pretty good, but it was not Strider, so... Yeah, that sounds a whole lot better. <laughs> well, I mean, it's a pretty similar concept. So, ig- ignoring the history of the game, what is this game really, really all about? Like, what's what's the, the meat and potatoes of it? Strider is a game about flow, and not mo- stopping moving at all. <laughs> so it's like Mirror's Edge, huh? Yeah, it actually... But it's that a, is it's a, a pretty good comparison. But it, it's a side-scroller, and basically you are running through a a communist, I think, pseudo-Soviet bloc environment with an evil dictator. really cheesy anime subtitles. Yeah, it's kind of like a giant rad 90s Saturday morning cartoon. That's the vibe I get. But a lot of it is just about, like, slashing stuff. Yeah, (laughs) and that's that's the meat and potatoes of it, is it's about slashing and it's about, like, Metroidvania-style 
progression. Yeah, of, which isn't uh, my favorite, but I I enjoyed I enjoying the way it's using it because it at least is saying, well, here is this ability. It's good for traversal and for combat situations. Yeah. So it's kind of rewarding you for using the ability that it gives you in the proper context and proper time. So and you end up like a scarf. Yeah. So you end up looking like super cool because you're using yeah. all these abilities at the same time and just like slicing through all the enemies like butter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Butter. Cool. Yeah. So um, I think enemy that that's butter. our award right there. Best slicing enemies through butter game. Uh, <laughs> Best slicing <laughs> is that, is that enemies fair? like butter game. That is, that is TGBS right there. <laughs> Man. Here we go, Strider. It's really good. Enemy butter. I don't know. I like that. It, that is that is that is the best. Um, and we're gonna keep things moving because uh, we gotta keep keep it to our hour. So Brian, what is what is the game that you played this year? And uh, tell us about it. And then we'll we'll, we'll uh, based on what you say, we'll figure out what our award is for it. Well, I haven't played anything with enemy butter in it. Although I'm sure that's a really good additive. <laughs> you think that's like regular butter, like like good butter for you, or you think that's more like a margarine? I can't believe it's not butter. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Anyways, I just I kind of wonder what that is. Um, <laughs> I'm pretty sure it's not butter. The the more the more ambiguous brand. <laughs> it, it could be. Um, I've played a few games this year. One of the biggest ones, one of my top games of this year, is Monument Valley, which is yeah, about a yeah. little girl who destroyed the world and is now walking through the ruins of it for the rest of her life. Did you just spoil something? Or no? It just no, it's, it's kind of it's kind of the framework of the game. I mean, like the story itself isn't really the the meat. Is that really it? I don't know. I mean, like, <laughs> we don't know. I mean, like, it's meant to be like really abstract and nebulous, and like, there's something more to it. I think, like, there's like a theme, but there's really not, and it's much more about just being really, really brilliant. Well, you, you go ahead, Brian. I'm stealing your that's, thunder. And that's why I really liked it. I liked it that it was this. It was about a world destroyer, kind of like you're the Christmas destroyer, um, Josh, for your sister. Um, <laughs> and it was all about destroying things. And but but the games, you know, it's of course it's all centered around Escher-like puzzles, and. Yeah. I, I would give it a special award. I thought about this one. I think because it has these uh, these crows in it that are constantly there and they're constantly harassing the main character, um, I would give it the Alfred Hitchcock Award for best use of birds in a supporting role. <laughs> yes, yes. Okay. But, so if you want you want to check out a puzzle game on the iOS, I can't recommend a game any more than that. Five bucks. My wife's beaten both the original game and the expansion. I haven't even touched the expansion yet, but it's really good. Great puzzle game. That's awesome. Yeah, that's really really good. My wife actually, uh, she she really got into it too, and I appreciate your your recommendation that I play it with her because that was really good, really good for us. And this so, is on all mobile platforms. Um, I think it's just i I think it's just iOS, but maybe it's on. I think it's, it's on, on Android, Android at this point. Oh, it is? Okay, yeah, it's good. on Android. I just I don't have a tablet, so it's just yeah. I would not want to look at my phone like that. But so, okay. so much of the appeal to it is that is that tinkering. It feels like so incredibly tactile compared to every other game. Like you touch something and it moves like you would move that actual object if it was in your hand. Mm-hmm. The game's also yeah. really quiet. It's relaxing. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. So so Josh, you've played so many games. You've destroyed Christmas for so many people. Yes. What, what game would you like to talk about first? So my my absolute so this this list is meant to be a little bit of a BS, but my absolute favorite game. No, no, no. Well, so my absolute favorite game that I was not allowed to use in any other list. Um, Tell <laughs> uh, us. Because is uh, the Last of Us Left Behind? Because um, any time does that have something to do with Nicolas Cage? Um, I, I I think that that would have made it a little worse. 
Cool. Um, just a little bit. Um, Sorry, go I ahead. think that would have been fun. Uh, but no, I think that that the le- the left behind part of it is kind of funny for Christians. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's it's the last of us left behind. So this is a downloadable content. So it's the most uh, you the only way that you can actually get to the game is by owning the full game and then paying more money. Um, and I think that that would be a problem, except for the fact that like it's got some of the most meaningful mechanical friendship in a game that I think that I've ever played like it's, it, it improves everything that was in the main Last of Us so The Last of Us of course is this uh, really cinematic game uh, but but all action you walking through uh, the, the, way, the leftovers of, of the world after an infection took over everything and it's about your relationship with, with this, this man Joel and this girl that he's trying to get somewhere named Ellie and this game is just about Ellie you play as Ellie and it takes her back to, and it's all about taking Maul, but it's about her exploration of this mall and reconciling her friendship with, uh, with, with, an, with this other girl. Did you and, just say mall? Yeah, it's about a mall, like, like a, a shopping mall. That's really stereotypical of women, is it not, that women go to malls? Um, this sounds sexist, Josh. I'm not sure perhaps, if we should be talking but, about this game. <laughs> perhaps, but everything that you're doing in this mall subverts those expectations, considering the first thing that you're doing is you're trying to turn the power back on in this place where that's because it's completely covered with infected people oh, um, who cool. are trying to kill you. Um, cool. and, then, and then it flashes back to um, the first time she was in uh, a mall because... She, in her world, there's no malls, um, but there's like a a couple of things that ha- have come back. Like there's a her first time in a photo booth, the first time in a a costume store. So all these things are just like left, like they've been untouched for like 20 years, and she finds them for the first time, and they're just exploring these things together, and they find their first arcade, and that's the best moment is they find their first arcade. And they're like, oh, man, we got the power back on. I can't wait to play a, a, a video game for the first time. And no, none of them are working. <laughs> so that would be really, really disappointing, except for the fact that then um, the friend is like, all right, we're going to create a video a video game with our imagination. <laughs> and this actually is realized mechanically. So um, I'm not going to spoil how that all exactly works out, because I, rec- wow. I highly, highly recommend you check this out. Um, it's some of the most meaningful human storytelling in any game that I've ever played, um, and it's just all about the the, the dynamics of, of recovering a friendship. And there's a lot more to it, and I'm 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 I'm, I'm keeping all the spoilers off the table, but there's so much to it. Um, so I'm going to give that my award for um, uh, best game that you have to pay for another game to play. <laughs> <laughs> Does that work or no? This no, no. game we we couldn't use in another list because yeah. you have to pay for another. Because you have to pay for another game. I don't know. You, you start talking about arcades and malls, and it reminds me of Terminator Two. So it's like the best game that isn't Terminator Two, huh? Oh yeah, and also that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the, the best game that isn't Terminator Two. <laughs> the last, the last of us left behind. Wow, that is like three movies. I, I don't know. I, I don't know that I fully follow that that train of thought. Uh, the, the opening, he he ends up uh, the main character ends up going through a um, an arcade at one point. The only reason I remember this, my grandpa actually worked in that mall. So, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, it's that's the only reason I remember that. Um, dun, so, dun 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 dun. Oh man. Okay, so Zach, another <laughs> game that you played. Go. Um, Titanic two. 
Uh, I call it the best Stockholm Syndrome game, which is wow. Mario Kart 8. What? Why Stockholm Syndrome? Because it's got delicious mechanics, but man, that spiny shell. The blue spiny shell. You okay? But you feel like you feel like the blue shell is your kidnapper, and you are learning to love it because of spending so much time. Yeah, kind of like that. Why are you crying, Zach? Are you okay? <laughs> I hate this stupid funny show. <laughs> but I have to play with it to play Mario Kart 8. So yeah, tell us yeah. how you play Mario Kart 8. Uh, I dominate everyone until funny shows happen. Yeah. Uh, dominating specifically who? All the people. <laughs> All the people. Online or your parents or whom? Anybody I know locally. <laughs> <laughs> and now yeah, but I should play online, actually. I think playing online. You can items, can you? Like, no, no, no. You're not allowed. That's Nintendo. That's weird. The less options, the better. In fact, I think Super Smash Brothers kind of breaks their rule, which is no no uh, control customization at all, because they like no. to have the set button thing. As many barriers to entry removed as possible. But yeah. in terms of, like, you know, Mario Kart, you must play with items. There's no turn off items button. Huh. So what makes this Mario Kart different than any of the other Mario Karts? Because they all have carts in them. And they have Mario's, so... It's more like a refined version of all the previous. Which means what? It's got very tight controls. It actually does emphasize skill, because anytime you get off track, you lose all speed. It's basically like coming to a standstill, almost. So the award you'd give this game is, it's the best game that's not Diddy Kong Racing, or... Uh, Diddy Kong Racing. I do like Diddy Kong Racing, but... It's a better game than Mario Kart. Let's just let's have it out here and now. Whoa. <laughs> No, <laughs> you are absolutely wrong. It's like no, any no. rare game versus any Nintendo game. Oh, it's not like that. Yes, it's like Banjo-Kazooie versus Mario 64, and we're always going to have this discussion, and I'm always going to be right. Wait, fine. Okay. <laughs> okay. So are, are we, are, are we uh, going, going – what are we going – are we going to call this best Stockholm Syndrome game? Or <laughs> That's what I'm going to call it. All right. Well, I, think, I, I should I, talk about the DLCs because it did come out. It's good. Tell yeah. us how much the DLC costs. Uh, it originally costs eleven ninety nine to get both with the game. So, so like, there's one the... that comes out in November, which is eight tracks and three new characters and some new car parts. And then there's another one in May, which is the same thing. So there's car parts? Yeah, well, you kind of like mix and match like the glider, the you can, like, put your, car put body, a, and the a wheels. A and a raft and a... And yeah. uh, and a few a few bow strings together, and you create a, a cart. Yeah, and, and you get to edit this. <laughs> well, you get to kind of edit the stats, like if you want better handling, or you want like more speed or more acceleration, that kind of thing. You kind of so just no, mess around with the different car parts. No spinners or anything like that. Mm, or spoilers or kind of sort of. <laughs> I think it depends on what person you pick. Depends on what uh kind of stats you get. Okay. Yeah, we're gonna so, keep we're gonna keep moving a little yeah, bit. I, I gotta stop because I'm, I'm getting I'm, into I'm mechanics. Fall, I'm falling thing. off the train a little bit. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry. Um, so, uh, Brian, next game for you. Now, I'm I'm going to pick it for you if, if you're all right with that. Is that Fine. okay? Pick okay, it. Destiny. <laughs> you're you're the only one here who's who's given any substantial time to Destiny. Um, I don't think that Destiny needs any kind of introduction for anybody who's played any video games this year or is listening to podcasts or has been listening to this podcast because man. Do we always have people who play Destiny or what? Yeah. So, Brian, how about this? You tell us what you think Destiny is deserving of an award. 
Destiny, well first of all, is the greatest game that has ever been made. <laughs> in, the, in the history of video in games. In the history of video games, it is the greatest game that has ever been made. And so it should give, be given the award, greatest game ever. Or best game that is also the best pun ever. I'll tell you what Destiny, what award I would give it. it it's the game that does, um, it hides what it does in the background the best. I don't know how to say that. It Mechanically, what it's doing behind the scenes is incredible. Um, just as a, I played MMOs for years, and so it's just seeing what it does. It does it really well. Um, yeah. Is the story great? No. Are the mechanics okay? Yeah, they work. And do the missions suck? Yes, they absolutely do. <laughs> but somehow it's a, it's a compelling experience somehow, and I'm not too sure why, but I keep playing it. But I'm only at, like, level 8. I play it in chunks, like, every few weeks. So it's a game I play the least. Huh. All these other people, they sit there and they're like, I gotta beat that thing. I'm, I'm all like that. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. Yeah. How about this? How about this? I got this. It's the greatest game ever that sucks all the time. Yeah. <laughs> and then the expansion yeah. came out. It's called The Dark Below, and you go below the darkness. I thought the video for it looked lame. Yeah. Well, my, my buddy, uh, yesterday I was I was working on something with my coworker, and he was ranting for 20 minutes about how all it is is like Mario Kart. Mirror, mirror tracks like they just like flip flip the missions backwards and like that's and make you pay twenty dollars for it <laughs> that's pretty smart no i i don't know it's it's one of those games that i i can play in front of my son and just because there's no blood it's it's pretty clean i mean besides yeah. all the killing of things yeah um, yeah well they're not but, human so it's okay but i enjoy it but i don't know it's also the game you can't pause because it's an mmo yeah on a oh, console. Yeah, that's yeah. true. Kind of like Dark Souls. Kind of like Dark Souls. Yeah, exactly. Dark Souls, you had to just like quit it and just like go take care of your son or anything like that in the middle of it? No, you can't. I would die. I know, but I mean like and just like deal with the <laughs> fact that you're dead. Yeah. Dead. <laughs> dead. I'm telling I don't you, know. It's the best game with the best video game pun. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. How about this? Best greatest game ever that sucks all the time and you can't pause. <laughs> No pausing. <laughs> There's no time for reflection. You gotta kill. <laughs> okay. Right. Um, Keep going. Okay. So for me, my next game, um, actually, this is something that I think I think Zach and I have both played. Wow. Um, is Metal Gear Solid Ground Zeroes? I did not play it. No. What? Okay. Really? Uh, um, because I want to play it for PC. If that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. No, it really doesn't. But go ahead, Josh. So, um, for, for those who, who don't know anything of it, it's basically uh, what happens when you mash up Metal Gear Solid and 24 and take place on Guantanamo Bay and uh, and do really, really terrible things to all the female characters, and I'm not going to go into it. Um, <laughs> You'll be so, ashamed. That's what Kojima said. You'll be ashamed yeah, later. Did he literally say that? Yeah, he says that about all the things that he does. Wow. <laughs> He's the world's biggest troll. You can't listen yeah. to him. Well, that's the thing. Like, I, I'm pretty sure that he puts things in games that he knows are like the worst things imaginable. Oh, he it's knows sim- simply because he wants the people people to hate his games because he hates them. Yeah, because he wants to stop making Metal Gear Solid, <laughs> which is pretty obvious at this point. And the, but... the, I, the, the the 24 reference is totally in tandem to the fact that you're actually Kiefer Sutherland now. Yeah, and it's going to be just like, like that too. Yeah, right. at any cost, it's it's a super it's a super meta joke. 
Yeah, I, I love so. 24, but I know this is definitely why. He watched 24 and he was like, let me do this meta commentary on American power and also about revenge and showing how none of this stuff works. And that's going to be the game in a nutshell. <laughs> I mean, it's like, it's I, I called admit, The like, Phantom Pain too, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, as far as like mechanically, like it's like they actually finally found uh, made a Metal Gear game that has good mechanics. But the problem is that it's a demo. Like it's, it like I, I literally played the the demo of Metal Gear Solid One on PlayStation One for the exact same amount of time that I played this game, <laughs> and I didn't pay for it. I know you paid for a demo. Yeah. Again, so, how much? How much will people want to play another Metal Gear game? Right. You could have been playing Destiny, Josh. Come on. And I'm like, I don't want to pay like $30 for a demo. That was my thought process. Yeah. Much as I want to mess around with it. Wasn't it 20 bucks? I I think I paid 20 bucks for it. I think it's 20 bucks now. It was 30 on release though. And before that, they were retail. It was 30 30 on new consoles and it was 20 on on old consoles. Oh, good, good, good. Well, I know that it was originally going to be $40. $40. You have to pay for those those extra P's in that seven 720p versus 1080p. <laughs> I think it was going to be $40, <laughs> and then people were like, this is insane. Yeah, so. Yeah. So what award would you give it? Um, I'm, I'm still thinking most expensive demo about hating making Metal Gear. <laughs> demo about hating Metal Gear. Did, so it doesn't win some sort of shame award, too, huh? Yeah, so we've got to give it some sort of shame award. Um, Maybe that is a shame award. I mean, it is. It is still a shame award. I think most expensive game with Kiefer Sutherland in it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the the uh, the thirty dollar demo. Wow, that's it. It's the thirty dollar demo. <laughs> yeah, thirty dollar demo award. I can't even believe in this day and age people paid thirty dollars for this thing. But anyway, you couldn't force me to do that. <laughs> okay. Um, Zach, have you played any other games this year? Oh, I can think of one. Go for it. If you have one. Uh, Freedom Planet, which is the best Sonic game that was released this year. That sounds lame. Yeah, that's, that's not, that that uh, doesn't sound like it's going to... That still doesn't sound like a very high bar. Um, <laughs> no, but it is. It's great. It's like saying, like, the best Assassin's Creed game this year. <laughs> yeah, well, Freedom Planet has no relation to Sega whatsoever. Other than kind of, like, taking inspiration from general design tropes. Of like Sonic games, but it's like a treasure game, like shoved into a Sonic game. If that makes sense, reminds me a lot more of Gunstar Heroes than it does uh, Sonic in some senses. I I, I still don't understand what this is. It's a uh, side scroller that is in the Genesis vein of having like weirdly expansive stages where you run really fast and kill enemies really fast and run around and fight inventive bosses. Oh, oh, yeah. oh yeah. So this is, this is a, a very high rated steam uh, game that got zero like coverage it. anywhere. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, this, I, this, this actually, this actually needs a lot of coverage to it. Like it actually has like, um, overwhelmingly positive results on, on steam, but the, um, it just hasn't gotten any press coverage. I don't. I don't know why. Am I? I'm just struggling to figure out what was so but, not so interesting. Not actual, it. it doesn't actually. Actually, it isn't actually uh, about Sonic. It's actually no. best Sonic like. I think might be a better. Yeah, but it's like a hundred times more interesting than any Sonic game that's been released in like the last decade. <laughs> Blasphemous. Yeah, best Genesis Sonic like. 
Yeah, and it actually has like a speed button. So like, Whoa. there's this little meter in the upper left hand corner. Like, if you suddenly come to a stop, you can just like charge up this thing and then just like zoom ahead in any direction. I think that's awesome. Yeah, and you it never stops. It's that kind of game. And there's lots of like you know visual cues as to where you have to go next without you thinking about it and. Killing enemies is mostly just, like, smacking on the attack button, but it's more like Gunstar Heroes kind of melee combat than anything else. Yeah, it's really cool, and I think everybody yeah. should just go buy it. <laughs> yeah, I'm adding it to my, to my wish list right Yeah, now. it's going to be on sale, I'm sure. That's, that's not a hint for you to buy it for me. No, just no. Saying. That, that's <clears throat> not. <laughs> no, I won't think about this again. <laughs> that's awesome. So, was, was Star Fox in it at all? Is is dinosaur planet next door to it? Where well, you can there go are, a secret are, level, or there are furry people in it. Yeah. Also, it, I didn't it, play it, these. It legitimately story. looks like a Genesis game. Like, yeah, like, and it sounds like one too. Yeah, or wild. at least the nostalgic feeling as such, kind of like yeah. Shovel Knight did yeah, with NES yeah. and Mega Man games in Ducktales. And that's that's actually a good segue. Um, Brian, have, have have you played enough Shovel Knight that you can bestow upon it some kind of uh, BS award? Best <laughs> game with the shovel. Yeah, yeah. How how, far, how much of Shovel Knight did you play? One level. Oh. <laughs> I was planning on playing it, but I, I'm kind of waiting for it to come down in price, and I don't think that's going to happen anytime soon. So I, I played through it. I loved it. Um, but I, I, uh, the, the best way to describe Shovel Knight, I think, is to compare it somewhere between DuckTales and uh, what's the other thing that, that people compare it to? I would say Mega Man. Yeah, I th- I th- yeah, I guess you're. Right. Yeah, it really is. It really does feel like Mega Man. The, the the level progression and everything, and the way that you, the levels are designed to teach you how to play. Um, I think that that's that's really significant. But uh, ultimately, I think that the the game and, and of course it introduces some really great uh, adaptation of the, the the Dark Souls death mechanic. Like you die, you drop like a lot of your loot, um, and you have to go back and get it. Although the money isn't really used for many useful things. Well, it's just for upgrades. It's just for yeah. upgrades. I mean, just well, just like Dark Souls. Like it's just well, Dark Souls. It was much, much more, much more robust economy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, but it, still. Um, oh yeah, Dark Souls two came out this year too. Yeah, yeah, Dark Souls two. Did you play it? Yeah, I played through the whole thing. Yeah. Okay, well, well, we'll get to that. We'll get to that soon. Um, so uh, this is this is this is Brian's game, and I'm completely stealing it from him. Uh, <laughs> it's the best game that I didn't play. <laughs> that you did. <laughs> I played a single level. <laughs> well, that single level, that first level, is a really good level. I'll tell you what. Um, <laughs> yeah, well, it is. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I would say that Shovel Knight gets my award for uh, best game that that looks like it's about chivalry, but is about uh, collect getting loot, which is what knights were really all about. Yeah. <laughs> okay, <this is laughs> best accurate knight simulator of twenty fourteen. <laughs> best knight simulator. Yes. Okay. Cool. It's kind of right. like a um, best uh, first so night like, adaptation. First night adaptation. So you already brought up uh, Dark There's Souls. No so, um, go ahead and, and tell us what, in, in uh, 30, 30 words or less, what is the most uh, beneficial thing that Dark Souls 2 contributes to the world of Dark Souls? I'm counting. Um, absolutely nothing. Oh, okay, cool. So contributing <laughs> absolutely nothing to the Dark Souls formula. Yeah, pretty much. It's basically like more of the same. If you liked it, you'll like this. Yay. Yeah, uh, it's kind of the worst kind of sequel, which is that it fixes things that didn't need to be fixed. Like what? Like uh, the bonfire system in the the map is kind of weird. It's like a bunch of distinct corridors 
coming out of one section and because the game's not really designed with any kind of flow it's just like here you've reached the end of this long corridor congratulations now warp back to your uh home base oh really yeah it's not kind of got that integrated world feel like it was designed like dark souls does yeah that's the that's the most amazing thing about dark souls is like you're you're walking through the world thinking you're just progressing in a in a direction and suddenly you're like whoa whoa i'm all the way back here yeah kind of like that also in dark souls 2 has some weird puzzles that make no sense like you have to Uh light a metal girder on fire to you know burn a windmill and I, I, for, it took me like an hour to figure this out. <laughs> it didn't make any sense. I like put a torch next to it and then suddenly it lit up into flames. And, and that and was I, the solution to the puzzle. <laughs> that sounds really dumb. Now you yeah. played, you played plenty of leading up to this. You played the original Dark Souls out the wazoo. Was that probably the game that you played the most this year? Um, yeah, actually, if you want to put it in time spent and then yes cool and then i played dark souls 2 immediately afterwards so everything was yeah. highlighted in relief what was different yeah that's interesting yeah like basically i could do the exact same thing i did in the first game even though they told me i couldn't which was tank everything <laughs> yeah huh. i was basically able to get a great shield and just kind of block my way through most enemy encounters but eh, what are you gonna do dark souls is not particularly balanced so um, the, uh, the the game that adds nothing to the series whatsoever, Dark Souls 2. Yeah. <laughs> and possibly makes things worse in some respects. Yeah. Now, I'm sure that we could also... Uh, the Assassin's Creed might seem more uh, more appropriate for that reward, uh, award. More apropos, um, yes. But I, I think that they actually did other things that made those a little bit more moving forward, even though it was still more mostly more of the same. Um, like, for example... Uh, dragon, uh, dragon ghost ladies. Um, <laughs> dragon ghost ladies. Yeah. Um, anybody who's seen Say anything what, about the, the uh, Assassin's Creed uh, Unity uh, flop of uh, having missing faces for for humans? Mm. Yeah, strange missing faces with British accents <laughs> who live in France. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I, none of us have played uh, Unity, but uh, I that's feel because like we, we don't to... own next gen consoles because we're. We're cool. We're too cool for school. We, don't we buy have that PCs. Stuff. PCs are PCs are re- relevant. Oh yeah, we could have bought it on PC, but then we didn't. Yeah. Oh but yeah. So so are we going to give give Assassin's Creed some kind of award? Yeah, best um, game where French people have British accents. I think that that's. That, I think that 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 works, but just doesn't have enough like um, punch, like hatred in it. Um, best that, thirty FPS game. Uh, I think I think that that'll work for some people, but like still, I think. It's not. It's not the best because there's so many other games that are better, at and only do 30 FPS. I would. I would say it's the most revolutionary game of 2014. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh. oh. Also, oh, best game. Quote. Best game where boobs are too much work. Oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> Man, there are a lot of things we could name this one. Um. Uh. Zach. Uh, I'm sorry, Brian. Uh. What is uh, another game that you played this year? Any other games that you can think of? The Magic of Hearthstone was unlocked this year. Yeah? Yes. The magical card game that I play on my iPad. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I I played it for a few weeks, and then I realized that I'm just terrible at it, and that it's an endless... It's like this loop. It's like an odd feedback loop where they give you cards if you win, and you gain experience, and it's like a Blizzard game. And 
I quit playing. Yeah, I played you in a couple games, right? Yeah, you probably beat me both times, too. Yeah, I think I did. <laughs> yeah, let's, let's not talk about that. <laughs> yeah, uh, Hearthstone is basically like uh, any collectible card game. Yeah. Except with no trading. Except no there's trading. There's no, no trading. trading, huh? Yeah, because they want you to spend money. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, it, it kind of makes me a little uh, icky. I don't know, maybe trading card games in general do this. It's like, buy this giant pack of cards and don't, don't get what you want. <laughs> I, I never understood this model. <laughs> that is really weird. It's like when you buy a video game, it's like, oh, I got the thing I wanted. When you buy a, like a Magic the Gathering box, it's like, I might have gotten the thing I wanted. I, I, that sounds I awful. Yeah, I don't know why people pay for the privilege, but anyway. That's How about this? I'm going to combine what both of you said a little bit and say that it, from Brian, it is the most magical, happy, and from Zach, free-to-play game of the year. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> okay, I can deal. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, so uh, one game that I, I feel like I'd be remiss without bringing up, uh, there's so many that I really want to talk about, but we don't have time. So the one that I want to share as the game that's taken up the most of my time is Wasteland 2, which I uh, gave the award for um, Best Grizzled Old Bastard Game. <laughs> You just wanted to say bastard. You just wanted to say swear words. No, I said way more swear words in my review of the game on Plus 10 Damage. Yeah, you did. So go read that (laughs) and then come back. So um, I I felt like I couldn't effectively capture the spirit of the game without cursing a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of like Fallout, which is dragged crawling and screaming into the modern era, but not. No, yeah, that's actually a really good point because it's like – it takes so many – it feels like a game from the 90s, but it really has so much of the conceits and, and smart game design choices for tactical uh, role-playing games for the here and now and just, like, blends everything that's great about, like, uh, like XCOM and everything that's great about, like – and Fallout. It's, it's literally XCOM meets Fallout 3, um, and that that is fantastic. Uh, like So it's kind of like the best 1997 game in 2014. That sounds so awful. Yeah. I don't want to go back to 97. Why not? Well, it was such a well, good year for video games. That's one of my favorite lines from, from uh, my review of it is where I said it it, uh, it it covers you in all the bastard stink of the unforgiving 90s. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when PC games were like, we hate you. Read this like 300-page manual to figure out anything. Or, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, it has such a, a strong, like, figured figured out your own damn self mentality that I, I think is is great about it. But it also is that that impenetrable wall of like, I, I put it in front of my wife because I thought that would be funny, um, and then she <laughs> and I said, "Here, try this." And the first thing she does is, of course, try to kill everybody, and then yeah. she dies, and she's like, "This game sucks." Yeah. <laughs> You didn't hand her a Grand Theft Auto yet, I'm guessing. Yeah, no. Um, she would. She see. That's the the irony is that even though, of course, on paper she hates Grand Theft Auto, um, she would love playing Grand Theft Auto. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so um, I'm just going. To, um, can can I can I give it? Can I use the bastard word? Can I, oh, I'm sorry. You've used um, it enough. <laughs> <laughs> Josh, go to your room. <sighs> All right, I'm going to go to my room. All right, next game. Uh, I'm jumping in. What Rusty's real deal play? baseball. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah, weird yeah, yeah. thing. So Rusty's real deal baseball on the um, 3DS is a Nintendo free to play game. So you download it, 
and then they give you your first shot, which is a free demo. It has, I don't know, 20-something levels that you can play through. So then you go back to, it's all framed around this baseball store with this dog who is on the outs with his wife, and he has like 12 puppies or something like that, and he's trying to support his family. And so he's bought uh, baseball games from Nintendo, not Nintendo, Nintendo. <laughs> so, and so you have to you have to buy these mini games. Basically, the whole game is about haggling with him to buy mini games that you can play. There's like 50 levels for two bucks is what you end up getting. Huh. And so I, I give it the Gold Digger Award. <laughs> and Nintendo ultimately, that Nintendo has finally figured out how to steal all your money. Yeah, it's pretty it's pretty clever. Because it's weird. I've never heard of this until you mentioned it. And then I looked it up, and it looks fascinating, actually. The mechanics are amazing. They're better than um, uh, Wii Sports, just because you're actually using a button versus swinging a stupid Wiimote. Yeah, yeah. This should be on the Wii U or something. It's it's really incredible. I'm really impressed with it. Um, can't uh, suggest it you know, enough. So. Well, it is free to play, so everybody Check can download out. it who has a 3DS. Yeah. Gold awesome. Digger Award. Cool. So, Gold Digger Award, and I put in parentheses, most fun haggling with a dog. Woof. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I need to put that in there. The woof. <laughs> yes. All right, cool. Um, all right, Zach, so next game for you, and then I'm going to go one more, and I think that that's going to be the end of the show. Best game your mother would love. Best game your mother Oh, yes, yes. Bayonetta oh, 2. <laughs> or best game your mother is most disappointed in you for playing as a 30 something adult how about this how about best game my mother loved yeah it's very personal Zach because that's <laughs> so I think personal. that that's um, I think that that's like anyone else <laughs> who sees this award is going to be like my mother would not love this yeah. <laughs> or people attack me on Facebook because it's like can't believe your mother would like this game Here, I'll attack <laughs> yeah, you right now yep. she is such a feminist <laughs> I'm like, no, what are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, there was that one one person uh, that was funny. Um, but yeah, no, be- best game my mother loved, Bayonetta 2. Yeah, accurate enough. Good, not as good as the first game, but... Oh, how about, all right, I need parentheses. But your mother, your mother would hate. <laughs> Is that fair? That works for me. <laughs> yeah. okay, best game my mother loved, but your mother would hate, Bayonetta 2. <laughs> but yours yes. would hate. okay all right um and i have uh, i have to pick what what's the last one i'm going to throw in here close us um, up all right uh this is going to be the uh best worst best worst, best worst. M- mmo um that you have never heard of um, destiny no it's called uh velvet <laughs> Des- sundown Dang it. Uh, best worst MMO about getting laid. Um. <laughs> what the heck? Come on, Josh. I'm trying to run a family-friendly show here. You know, talk about bastards um, and sleeping with people. I mean, this is just too I, much for me. I didn't actually. I didn't actually get to that point in the game, but it's definitely best. Okay, best worst MMO where you can get drunk. Um. <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's better. Yeah, that's better, Josh. Thank you. <laughs> All right, so there's this game called Velvet Sundown, which came out on Steam. It's free to play. Yeah, I'm sure it is. <laughs> and it has voice recognition software, so you can literally type whatever you want to other players. And so it has this this feel like a real role playing experience where you can you're literally given a three D character model. You're them. Your goal is to get money from or is to, is to get this person to tell you their real story of who they really are, or your job is to sell drugs. 
<laughs> wow. <laughs> and it's so weird. It's literally the weirdest game that I think I've ever played. You are the only um, person on my friends list to have played it. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm sure. Um, but it's it, 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 it didn't get enough press attention because I think it's like sort of broken and like sometimes the voice to chat stuff doesn't work and like it's really, really, really weird. Um, Giant like, bomb recommended apparently. <laughs> it's very recommended. Like just from like a social experiment thing – like, the fact that they're literally handing uh, – it takes place on a yacht. So, like, you're on a yacht, and you're around these other people who are players pretending to be these other characters or choosing not to be those other characters. And you'll hear stories of someone who's just, like, um, they, they love Shakespeare, and all they do is quote Shakespeare to the other players. Or you have someone who just – all they want to do is they want to tell stories about their grandpa. <laughs> And, like, you find people who are, like, taking this role-playing thing really seriously and just going with it. And then, of course, there's there's also, you know, people who aren't taking it seriously at all and are just like, hey, want to go to the back room and do weird stuff? And, like, you, you can't actually do anything. I mean, like, the, game, the game's limited in its verb set, but, like, the fact that it, they're literally handing players the ability to talk through their characters, and they, they're calling it, like, a drama MMO. Oh, God. Um, isn't that the internet? <laughs> I've played that. Internet, the MMO. <laughs> I have, I've inter- played this. This reminds me of the world's best Skinner Box MMO, which was Warlords of Draenor. <laughs> <laughs> best, oh, sorry, you said it was best Blizzard Box? Oh, no, best Skinner Box. Yeah, no, no, box? Blizzard Box. Call it what it is. Yeah, well, so Operant Conditioning Chamber, it's up to you. Well, it's kind of like they put, like, animals in a box and they study their behavior based on certain stimuli, right? Like how much food I put on or whether I electrocute the food or not, right? So it's just trying to, you know, it's just Blizzard trying to figure out how to manipulate the human brain into logging in every day, which has happened to me. Are you logged in right now? No, but I'm going to after this. Exactly. (laughs) I have to go mine and then I have to go get the herbs and then I have to go put in work orders for profession things. And I never do professions in World of Warcraft. <laughs> and I have to do other things. Like well, hang that sounds around. like a job, Zach. Yeah, it's starting to feel like a job. It sounds like now, a job. Every time I mention it, it sounds like a job. But then I go back in the game and do it automatically. It's very creepy. Wow. Wow, that's soulless. Okay. What it's, else is going on? Yeah, garrisons are very soulless. But but I keep doing things like, oh, I want the mount. I guess I better do these six daily quests every day. <laughs> yeah, it's a little creepy. That, that creepy. doesn't sound very encouraging at all. Sad. Boring. <laughs> but then I get to go in raids, so it's all, all right, okay. So we're calling this – you said I, – I don't, I don't fully think that any, any of our readers are going to connect with a Skinner box. Yeah, it's a little obscure, unfortunately. Um, but so that's that- the best thing to call it. <laughs> Kind of like Hearthstone is also the CCG Skinner box. Yeah. Okay. How much can we prod you before you spend tons of money for no reason? Nothing. You, you can't prod me. <laughs> Game over. <laughs> well, well, that podcast died. Sorry, everyone. Yeah, sorry. So, oh, okay. I'm sorry. It's, <laughs> yes. So, you're done. <laughs> the, the Podcast Killer Award. Yeah. The podcast Killer Award. Warlords yeah. of Drainer. <laughs> podcast Killer Award. Yeah. Because <laughs> that's what it just did. That's really good. That's a great note. <laughs> you start talking about wow, and I start passing out. Me too. Um, I was on the floor. 
<laughs> I saw them. They will. They look right. very peaceful. So we have we have our uh, our, our uh, TGBS list. There you go. Um, we're gonna Ooh. post that online. Maybe add add a thing or two. Um, or or like fifteen or twenty. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's gonna become a really really long post by that point. Um, but uh, six parts. Yeah, I think that we're gonna keep it keep it to this. Maybe we'll have a part two. Who knows? Um, know. Yeah. We can we we can just make this stuff up as we go because we are. So um, that's the end of the show, Zach. Why don't you uh, tell everybody what they can do so I don't tell everyone to give a a, a four point nine rating. Okay. Um, uh, this has been Theology Gaming Podcast. If you like to find out more about Theology Gaming Podcast, <laughs> go on iTunes and give us a five star rating because we all deserve it and we are not ashamed to say that. Gold stars. Okay. Use gold stars. If you give us any less, don't bother. Don't give silver stars. <laughs> if you're not going to give us a five-star review rating, don't review it. Don't bother. <laughs> we don't need your sympathy. We don't need your pity. We're not trying I to do. tell you what to do, but you know. I do. We're not trying to tell you what to do, but we will come to your house and have a stern talking to yeah. if we can find pull over, your address. Pull over to the side of the road, open up your podcast app, and give us a five-star review where Zachary is going to tell you all about – more of World of Warcraft. <laughs> yeah, and you will be really depressed because of my life. Logging into World of Warcraft multiple times with multiple characters to mine in a fake virtual mine for the pleasure of corporate overlords who work at Blizzard Entertainment. You just lost Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to craft a 30-slot bag, and you're all going to hear about it. Anyway... If you'd like to actually talk to any of us, <laughs> I like to talk about World of Warcraft, as you can tell. Go to our Facebook group, which is Theology Gaming University. We like to talk about things and also invite random passerbys onto our podcasts <laughs> early and often. Yay. If you happen to be up at 6.45 a.m., which I am not often, but I was today. Yay. So, so I, yeah, I hope you enjoyed the TGBS Awards. There's no BS there. And thank you, Brian and Josh, for being on the show, as you per usual. Per usual. Well, per not usual. per usual for Brian, because we had to rest him from his bear cave. Yeah, I don't I don't know if I'm ever coming back after your World of Warcraft talk, but <laughs> whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, what bear cave? <laughs> Now, Brian is about to roll over and go to sleep, so I think we better end this fuck. <laughs> Love you, Internet. Bye. All right, say goodbye. Bye. Bye. Bye.